Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but as always, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors that make this possible. Regular listeners know uh, we only have sponsors that I actually used as an athletic director, so I have no problem recommending them to you. So don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes. We're going to give our sponsors a shout out. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Gipper is the official social media graphic solution for us. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to help you to create world-class content for your school social media channel. It's going to help you celebrate your teams and promote your athletes. Gipper's used and trusted by over 3,000 high school and college athletic programs across the country. It's professional graphic design made simple. Go to Gipper.com and get started today. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, and more customization. That's hometownticketing.com. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo. See their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Their products not only generate income, for your athletic department, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We want to say thanks to Huddle for their support. Go to huddle.com, change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that let them coach our kids up to their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports. Go join the 8 million users. Go to huddle.com. Turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to thank our friends at Snap Race. Hands down, the best online fundraiser out there. Snap Race works. We used it at our school with great success. Our coaches and parents loved it. Our uh, finance office loved it too. Again, SnapRaise works. Go to snapraise.com. You can check out their other great platforms like Snap Manage, Snap Store, FanX. But SnapRaise is the fundraising platform. Make sure you go to snapraise.com and find out all the ways they can help your program. We want to say thanks to our friends at Home Campus, the exclusive high school and state association management platform. It's also your one stop platform for things like scheduling. Uh, athletic eligibility, uh, clearances, uh, digital forms, signatures, working with parents, working with coaches. As an AD, I used Home Campus every day, and it was just great. To get started, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website, vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen. That's right, touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to show off your school record board for all the teams, for all the sports, or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply tell your school's most compelling stories. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. And we want to say thanks to our friends at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your student-athletes or your parents, you're really missing out. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers people that want to gripe about everything 
Athletic Surveys will connect you to that group, but they'll also connect you to the 98% that support your program and love your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them create a custom survey that's going to help you uh, take your athletic program from good to great. Athleticsurveys.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're staying on the East Coast today, and we've got a really cool guest. She's not an athletic director, but she's been an athletic director before, uh, has a tremendous background in sports. I'm excited to have her. Uh, Asha Franklin, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Hey there. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Before our listeners, we are recording this on January 9th, so it's going to be very timely when you're listening to it. Uh, she's going to go into her um, her story, but guys, she's been a, a college basketball coach. She is a college basketball coach. She's a consultant. She's a speaker on a national level. Uh, she also hosts her own very popular podcast. We're going to talk about that, but let's go and jump right in. Asha, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio. Where where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Uh, maybe take us up through your own uh, high school and college days, and then we'll take a break. But uh, what's, uh, what's your origin story? <laughs> well, my origin story begins in the Midwest, in Indiana. So I am a Hoosier by default. Although my dad played at Purdue and was a Boilermaker, so I have to be careful how I use that and how I claim it, but grew up in Indiana, grew up in a basketball family. Obviously, Indiana is a basketball state, so it kind of just fits. Like I alluded to, I am the daughter of a pro athlete and coach, and so in some ways, I guess this was my destiny, even though I probably tried to fight it because... Until senior year of college, I didn't think that I would be in the athletics world in this way. I was very fortunate enough to go to a high school that was good athletically and academically, although being young and naive, I didn't necessarily realize that until my collegiate career began and I kind of got into the real world, so to speak. But that really laid the foundation for me in terms of the importance of the academic experience, but also I'm a firm believer that athletics is a crucial part of the co-curricular experience and really just trying to find my path to the right balance to all of that. And so my college journey is a little bit interesting. I transferred before there was a portal and before it was the cool thing to do. So I played all three divisions of NCAA college basketball in my four-year career and coincidentally ended up having four and a half head coaches in that time because there was some changeover when I finally just decided to stay out of school. We had a coaching change. So very interesting journey for me. I joke that I probably made the wrong decision coming out of high school because I was focused on the wrong things during my visit. And I was a little intimidated by going to the Ivies and playing Division One basketball and 
sort of the academics at that level, but I finished at a highly academic school, so probably should have just started there. But I wouldn't trade the journey for the world because I think it was unique. And honestly, it was uh, my head coach my senior year. So I played for Tara Vanderveer's sister, Heidi, my senior year of college. And she was the one that kind of looked at me one day, like, what are you doing when you graduate in a couple mu months? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, yada, yada, yada. And she looked me dead in the eyes and <clears throat> she said, you should be a coach. And when someone of that caliber and with the experience that she has coaching college basketball, but also internationally kind of tells you to do something, you take it seriously. And so that really began my early career. And I was fortunate enough to get an assistant coaching job right out of uh, college at the division two level. And then pretty quickly after that moved on to working at the WBCA women's college basketball college uh, women's basketball coaches association headquarters I entered there and got to see sort of like the business administration side of athletics and really from that point on always tried to merge the two yeah we're going to talk about that later uh, I want to go back uh, to your uh, your high school experience obviously basketball was your main sport but um, what was that environment like? Were you at a big public high school, smaller, small town high school? Did you do other sports? What was that like? So I was at a big public high school. We were around, well, I guess it considers, depends on what you consider big. I want to say we were around like 2,500 students. I had a graduating so. class. Okay. I had a graduating class of like four something, I believe. So pretty big school. We went to the state championships in football either my junior or senior year. And so we always competed. Athletically, we had a really strong conference. One thing that I really enjoyed about my high school career was that it didn't matter whether you were at a public school or a private school. Our conference was a mix of both. It really was about school size and location, not necessarily all of the other intricacies sometimes. So really competitive, you know, only three teams per three players per high school team could be on the same AAU team. And so it was just a really cool dynamic, definitely cutthroat, competitive, the whole nine. And that's really all I ever knew. Uh, I ran track my first couple of years of high school as well, but I was that kid that was really into everything like arts, athletics, all of that. And my mom kind of was like, at some point you're going to have to pick because <laughs> I did dance. I played the clarinet. So I was that kid that tried to do everything across the board, but obviously my heart uh, came back to basketball at the end of the day. Uh, I love it. Um, and we're probably going to touch on this later, but I know you are big on, you know, helping women and promoting women in the workspace. And I think we do a pretty good job here on our podcast too, but Looking back at your high school days, um, what was your, I, I guess, both in reflection and at the time, what was your awareness of, let's say, uh, equality? You know, were the girls programs treated the same and celebrated? Uh, were they you know, not treated uh, the same? What's your, uh, uh, I guess, memory of that? Yeah, you know, I don't remember feeling like we specifically were less than, but again, I think it helped that 
my high school program, we were always competing for a conference championship. And anytime you're winning, that helps in terms of support. And so we didn't necessarily have those struggles of the boys are getting this and we aren't. Obviously, there were differences when we're talking about what was football getting (laughs) versus what we were getting. I also remember having my freshman year, our JV coach was a woman and she was just a powerhouse in terms of using her voice. And she kind of just didn't settle. She did not treat the JV team any different than the varsity team. Some days, like I joked my freshman year because I swore we practiced harder (laughs) than the varsity team. And so she was just a great role model from the jump of really speaking up I definitely didn't understand it then but looking back in reflection you kind of see where those bricks start to get laid for you individually of where that comes from and like just the gut reactions I think I've had as to why that's been so important and so I definitely think my JV coach my freshman year is a part of that foundation for sure oh no absolutely and I I ask that question frequently um you know, now looking back at say your high school and college experience, were there moments or was there a moment that at the time didn't seem like much, but now looking back as a coach, as a leader, as a consultant, you could say that, Hey, that was significant. So uh, (laughs) I'm going to bet that JV coach certainly is uh, significant for you. Absolutely. And then I will even say moving on to college, I was fortunate enough. Again, I joke, I said four and a half coaches. It's because my junior year, our head coach, was transitioning to the athletic director position shows she was interim. And then obviously our assistant coach was like, also like had head coaching titles and responsibilities. So I count him as the half, but three of my four coaches in college were women and specifically my junior year. uh, I would not have gone to Occidental college if it wasn't for Jamie Hoffman I convinced my mom to let me go 2000 miles across the country to California and my mom was not a fan, but after several conversations with Jamie and just the dynamo that she was like, you talk about somebody who would fight for you. She would fight for you, even at the detriment of herself sometimes. And so that was a really transformational experience for me personally because I had never experienced someone who was willing to sacrifice maybe how they looked sometimes uh, and their upward trajectory because she believed so much in the things that she had and then fast forwarding to senior year to have Heidi she's, you know, no less (laughs) dynamic. And so I really wrapped up that critical point in my time being coached, not just on the court, but off the court by two dynamite women who have been in the trenches and who know and understand what it means to fight for women, to fight for equality and to push the needle forward. And so it's only right that I figure out how I continue that charge. Oh, no, absolutely. And and thanks so much for sharing those stories. Very powerful. Uh, you know, great to hear that. 
For listeners, uh, our guest today is Asha Franklin. She's a college basketball coach. She's a speaker, a consultant. She's also a podcast host. We're going to hear more about that. Let's go and take our first break, uh, but we're coming back with more. So stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Gipper is the official social media graphic solution for us. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team will show you how to create world-class sports graphics to help promote your athletes and celebrate your teams. Gipper is used and trusted by over 3,000 high school and college athletic programs across the country. It's professional graphic design made simple. Go to Gipper.com, mention the podcast, they'll give you a nice discount. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support. Hometown is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And if you go to hometownticketing.com, their team will show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but for things like school plays, concerts, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. Every school is assigned a dedicated client success manager. It's going to provide you hands-on support every step of the way. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com for more information. It's digital ticketing that offers more. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their score tables and their score boards in action. Their products not only generate income for your athletic department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're visiting today with Asha Franklin. Asha, you kind of took us up through your uh, uh, post-college days a little bit, but uh, I, I want you to take a deeper dive. We have a lot of younger ADs and some old ones like me that listen to the podcast, and I think it's important for them to hear about the journey that most of us take uh, as we're looking for that, uh, let's say that dream job. So share your journey a little bit. Yeah, the dream job, right? What does that even mean? I think even now I'm still trying to figure that out. And so I talked about playing at all three divisions. I've also coached or been an administrator at all three NCAA divisions and at an independent K through 12 school. And so I started at a division two school as an assistant coach, left there, had the opportunity to work at the WBCA, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, and help put on programming for the national convention, which is in conjunction with the final four every year, which was a really great experience for me. Again, had the opportunity to work under two phenomenal women and when I think about sort of the cornerstones that are important to me now as a professional, a lot of them start there. Left there and was on staff for the women's program at Winthrop. Then I was the director of basketball operations at Pepperdine. So went back to the West Coast, went back to my alma mater, Occidental, for a year had the opportunity to be the head coach at Lewis and Clark College from that point. Then my family moved to Virginia and we were here 
right before the pandemic started, kind of after that all happened, that's when I became an assistant athletic director at a K through 12 independent school here. Uh, and now back into coaching. I also found my way into consultant consulting and leadership. Uh, I do independent work. Also was fortunate to learn about the Positive Coaching Alliance once I moved to Virginia and get connected with that. So doing trainings for them under their umbrella has been a really great experience and a really awesome way for me to connect with uh, athletic directors, particularly at the high school level. That was something that I hadn't had a whole lot of experience with before I moved back to the East Coast. And just really grateful for that. And my journey has been all over the place, but I think that's indicative of my heart is that I really love coaching. I love being on the floor, but I also have a true heart and passion for like the whys and the hows and the infrastructures of what we're doing. And so being able to be involved on both sides is really truly what speaks to me. And that's the part of it that I think currently feels like a dream. Well, I, I know now you're uh, an assistant college basketball coach in addition to all the other things that you mentioned. Um, let's re rewind for just a second. Um, you know, you were the, an athletic director in an independent school where I spent probably the last 20 years of my career at a couple different independent schools. Um, what intrigued you about that position and maybe what do you miss about that position? Yeah. So what intrigued me, like I said, was I am someone who's very much like a why and a how person. And when I left Lewis and Clark, really my focus became consulting, which allows you to look at it from a high level. So I'm sitting in these rooms with coaches and athletic directors and helping them navigate things and hearing about their world from the macro level. And it's funny, I actually did a workshop at the school I ended up working at. They just hired a brand new athletic director and they were going through a transition moving from the two AD model, boys AD and a girls AD. This was the first time they had had a singular AD and she was building her staff. And so it was an opportunity for me to be on the ground level, which that's important to me. I love consulting, but I also am someone who's like, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. Like, let's put these things into action. Like, if we say we want to be X, great. How do we do it? How do we break that down? And where can we go from there? And so that was what was intriguing to me about being an assistant AD was just being able to come in and be hands-on, especially from a culture and an operations perspective. I think those are two of my specialties. And I do think they go hand in hand. And I think a lot of times you'll find yourselves in environments where the culture is really great, but the operational side is a little <laughs> questionable, but you'll have the opposite where it's a well-oiled machine, but the culture and the personality might be missing. And so that is what intrigued me most about that position was being able to be on the ground in that way 
and coach from a higher perspective, because I do believe to me, your athletic director is very similar to your head coach. And then your assistant ADs and support staff really functions no differently than the assistant coaches. And so it's really an interesting dynamic. And yeah, I just, it was an opportunity to do something different and to be on the ground level. And I really did enjoy that part of the work. Well, I can just hear that coming out of you as you share that experience. Yeah, there's uh, nobody but an athletic director understands the attraction of being an athletic director. <laughs> but now you're back coaching college basketball. How did that all come about? Out of the blue, <laughs> to be honest. So there was some more shifts and change at the school that was that I was at. And so really just got a call one day. Uh, that some shakeups and some things had happened at Marymount and the head coach was looking for an assistant. And I'm the type of person that at this point in my life, it has to fit who I am, like, and who we are as people have to fit. And so I think she called me a week before season started <laughs> and we had one conversation. I think both of us were like, huh, this seems like it could work. Uh, we met in person and we really just meshed, to be honest. And it has been truthfully one of the greatest experiences I've ever had professionally because it is such a difference when you align with people in terms of your values. We underestimate it in the hiring process, I think from both sides. And then we're frustrated when we're in it and things quite don't click quite as we want them to. But when you can prioritize like values and who people are, and that doesn't mean you agree on everything. That doesn't mean you're alike, right? There's definitely differences between me and our head coach. But at the end of the day, our values align and the things that we find important align and that has made the experience overwhelming for me sometimes in a very positive way because I've never had this happen to this level um as you progress uh in this particular position uh and I know you've only been on the job for a while so I, I don't get too far ahead but um are you just you know, totally focused on the assistant role. Uh, is there part of you that wants to be a head coach again? Um, you know, where's your, uh, I know I, I said I wouldn't ambush you, but I guess I am, <laughs> you know, what, uh, what's your thinking right now on that? That's a great question. I mean, I think as an assistant, uh, you always want to be a head coach in the moment where you suggest something and your head coach doesn't take the suggestion. <laughs> Right then and there, you're always like, man, I wish I was the head coach. But in general, I'm not, I haven't really thought about it too much because like one, like I said, I'm enjoying the experience. Two, this position also allows me to continue to be a consultant, to do trainings and workshops. And it gives me the flexibility to pour into other programs and other people, which again is something that's very important to me. And it allows me to selfishly get the court experience. Cause I always say for me, the coaching part in terms of X's and O's, that's the selfish part to me. 
that is the part that fuels the little kid inside of me. Like, who doesn't want to go to work every day and sweat and quote unquote, play the sport they've played their whole entire lives, right? Like that's fun for me. And so that's the selfish part for me. The true purpose and passion in coaching is pouring in to those athletes on our team and as an assistant coach, even our head coach, right? Like I see myself as that linchpin. I am everybody's support. And that is my true purpose is bringing the best of myself to everyone from top to bottom. And I'm really enjoying that with this particular group. And so, you know, it's like, let's ride that out as long as possible. But again, I also, right, get to go to an independent school next week and talk to their athletic directors about the pros and the cons and the good and the not so good of their program and what tools do I have in my toolbox that I can teach them and help guide them through the things that they're going through. And if I was a head coach, I don't know that I'd be able to do that. And I, I'm not ready to give that up yet because that part I think is really important because I think that sports is moving in the right direction. I think we've always seen the power in sports, but we've still got some work to do on the foundational levels. And I definitely want to be a part of that work. Boy, you, you covered a ton of great stuff in there. Uh, I, I love, thanks also for sneaking in uh, Toolbox, uh, you know, with our uh, Toolbox books. Uh, you mentioned uh, pouring into students. I do a presentation where I uh, use the phrase and I have kind of visual uh, pouring yourself out, you know, to your students, to your coaches as an AD. Great stuff. I love it. And you, you brought up the idea of networking. Now, you know, you're, you know, still, you're, you're not a rookie, but you're still on the front end of your career uh, and you have built and you're continuing to build your network, which is one of the things that we try to do. We're going to do this at the end of the podcast, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and connect with you, find out more about, you know, your consulting program, your podcast, which we're going to talk about next, what's the best way that they can get a hold of Asha Franklin? Yeah. So the podcast is called Every Season Together. And that's the easiest email address to use. So it's every season together at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram, although full disclosure, not super active, but authentically Asha, A-S-H-A is my Instagram handle. So those are probably the easiest ways to find me and reach out to me. And I am on LinkedIn. Again, I actually had a podcast guest this year who stressed to me the importance of LinkedIn. And so she kind of forced me to clean up my LinkedIn profile and be better about that. So that's a good way to find me too. Oh, and, uh, I, I think that might've been how you and I connected or maybe it was through uh, uh, Monique that connected us, uh, yeah. who also has a great <laughs> podcast. But uh, we're going to take another break. But when we come back, we're going to hear more about the Every Season Together podcast and some other things. Our guest today is Asha Franklin, a coach, a consultant, a podcast host. And uh, this is the Educational AD Podcast. Please stay with us. We want to thank Huddle for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years 
But when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that huddle provided that let them coach our kids up to their highest level. Go to huddle.com, join the 8 million users, and turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to our friends at SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com. It is hands down the best online fundraiser out there. We used it at our school. Tremendous success. Um, Our coaches loved it. Our parents loved it. It works. Go to snapraise.com. You can check out their other great platforms like Snap Sponsor and Snap Store. But SnapRaise, again, the best fundraising platform out there. Go to snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Home Campus. Uh, As a high school athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day for things like scheduling, uh, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, uh, uploading digital forms and signatures, uh, communicating with parents and coaches. If you do it as an AD, Home Campus is going to help you do it better. Go to homecampus.com to get started. That's it, homecampus.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Asha, you know, we mentioned uh, that you've created and you host your own podcast and the name of that podcast, Every Season Together. What were some of the things that uh, uh, made you say, hey, I need to do this, I want to do this, and, and how did it get going, and how is it going? Yeah, so I wouldn't say initially I wanted <laughs> to do it, to be honest. But as I started my career, I began to be frustrated because I felt like I found myself experiencing things as a professional, whether that's inequalities in the workplace, whether issues that come up when you're dealing with young people, being a young person, right, being 21 when I first started and trying to figure out how to communicate with my boss or leadership, how do you network, Uh, how do you fight back when maybe someone has a perception of you that you don't quite feel is accurate, you yourself feel inadequate, so just all these things I think we all experience as we journey through our professional lives I was having but I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to and even though you can feel like the athletics world or the coaching world or the administrative world is so small even the teaching world because I feel like we all go to these conferences and so you feel like you know so many people But when it comes time to need to confide in, sometimes you're like, ooh, where do I turn? And I started to think about, well, why is that the way that it is? Well, because we're in this interesting space where we gather together, we socialize together, but also we need each other. So if I know that so-and-so at such-and-such a school could potentially hire me one day or be the connection I need to another job or opportunity, how likely am I to really 
truly confide in that person about my professional struggles because now that makes me look bad and now that person might have information on me and so they might be like oh I might not want to recommend her or hire her or whatever that is and so I started thinking about ways that we could solve that problem and so eventually that idea transformed uh, into a potential podcast and one day I was talking to a good friend of mine and she was a long time athletic director in California for like 25 years I think she uh, played at UCLA does work with the UCLA staff and we were kind of just talking about some things and she said well hey me and Corey and Carol and some other people were starting a nonprofit called the West Project. And as she told me about the West Project, honestly, it was in that conversation where I said, well, hey, I have this idea that could be in alignment with that. And so that's really how every season together was birthed. The West Project stands for walking every season together, which is what the West project the nonprofit aims to do and so we are an extension of that and how we do that is every guest on our podcast who have all been women at that at this point uh it starts with a foundational story and we kind of use that as the diving point because for me I felt like that was an easy way to create a connection so if I know oh, this person got fired and is now a head coach again. This person lost their job when there was transition wherever. This person always wanted a family and they struggled with having that balance. Uh, we just had a guest on her boss died unexpectedly at the workplace, right? But when you hear these stories, immediately you can see yourself in that. And then we dive into sort of the whatever the good stuff is once you kind of sort of <laughs> talk to people. And so that really is where it was birthed from is finding a point of connection for our audience, but also for the professionals that we talk to, because so many times, whether you're an athletic director, a head coach, a GM, whatever that is, when you work in athletics, you are often defined by your title and you also don't feel like a human being. And so it also lets our guests show a human side of them to say, hey, yeah, you may know me as so-and-so, the whoever of whatever, but I'm also a person and this is a little bit about me as a human. You know, you, you talked about uh, some of the challenges that you were feeling, you know, uh, as, uh, you know, someone, you know, new in the profession. Um, one of the things that, that I share with, with young and again, old ADs is, you know, continuing education, you know, go to clinics, go to conferences, et cetera. But the number one thing I recommend, and it's something that I took way too long to do as an athletic director myself. And that's to start building your network. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you get that first job, that first coaching job or that first AD job, you just really have to, um, you know, reach out, uh, say at a high school, you know, call or go visit the athletic director or the head basketball coach at that other school and just introduce yourself. Hey, I just got hired. Just wanted to say hi. Uh, and, 
you're not admitting anything other than, hey, I'm brand new. But being able to break through that first barrier and start building that network, um, you 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 begin adding to, I'm going to use it, your toolbox <laughs> right away. Uh, and I'm going to guess that you have done that over your career, um, building your network. Uh, do you agree with me or do you think I'm crazy? No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. My response to you is like, but how scary is that <laughs> as a new person? And you also feel like, who am I? They're not going to care. They're not going to want to talk to me. And I think that's the self-doubt sometimes we put into our heads for sure. But like you said, you kind of have to get over it and suck it up and do it if you want longevity, because you can't do this without a network and you can't do it without supporters and people in your corner. That's for sure. Right. No. And, and you are absolutely right. And that's why it took me so long to do that. You know, I was, you know, a big old, uh, you know, uh, you know, football coach, track coach, you know, but still in that career, you know, window, uh, well, geez, they don't want to talk to me. And from an AD standpoint, that's, I can tell people that's a hundred percent false. Mm -hmm. Athletic directors can't wait to mm -hmm. give away information. Oh, Hey, great to know you. And you ask them a question about, you know, parents or coaches or kids or scheduling, they're going to tell you now coaches. And I was a coach. So I know where this is coming from. We're going to tell you some things, or we're not going to give you everything. Cause we don't want you to come back and beat us with that stuff that you gave us, but athletic directors, they can't wait to give away. And if you are that brand new coach, you know, brand new or a young coach, maybe a year or two, here's your opening. Um, coach Franklin, Okay. I heard that you were really good at, you know, offense, defense, communication, uh, organization. I heard that you were really good. I, I just wanted to see if I could add you as a resource. Well, what's that coach going to do when they hear you complimenting them? They're going to swell up just a little bit and feel good. So, you know, you're not there to steal from them. You're there to, in a very respectful way, you know, learn at their knee, uh, and as you learn, guess what? You're going to turn in to that mentor or that trusted source for somebody else. Uh, Absolutely. So. The flip side of that too is if you've never been in a leadership position, you don't understand that leaders often feel lonely, right? People often talk about sort of that transition to being the leader of a program, to being the leader of a department. And a lot of times that comes with isolation. And so you're on the ground thinking, well, they're not going to want to talk to me. Like, who am I? And they're up the, at the top thinking, well, no one wants to talk to me anymore. Please, someone <laughs> come talk to me. And so it's two competing perspectives, but both really need and want each other. And so I think it's understanding that most leaders want to feel needed. And like you were saying, the best way to feel needed as a leader is giving information and being a resource for people. And so great leaders actually want to connect with you and actually want to get to know you. And they want to know who's out there that potentially they could poach and pull and use in the future. No, and, and that'll be my last point that for me, I'll let you certainly share. Uh, <laughs> if you're that young coach uh, and you're uncomfortable going to, you know, that 
let's say, well-known coach at another school, bypass the coach, go to the athletic director and say, hey, uh, I've heard that you run a really good program. Your coaches are always, you know, well-organized. Um, you know, I'm a young coach. I'm just trying to build my network. Can you recommend a coach or can you put me in touch with a coach? So now here's the AD hearing good things about their program. They're going to put you in touch with the coach. And to your point, that AD is going to file your name away and say, hey, that's uh, that's a confident person. That's a bold person. That's somebody I'm going to keep my eye on. You know, great stuff. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. And I will add that when you do that, also ask about being an administrator. We need more coaches in administration. And in order to get coaches interested in administration, they've got to understand and they've got to know about it. And so also use that time to ask what it's like being an athletic director and ask what it's like being an administrator and what are the pros of having coaches in administration? Oh, absolutely. Great, great, great advice. Boy, this has been so cool. Uh, I'm so glad that I have added you to my network, uh, <laughs> but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. And it can be the coach's toolbox too. Um, you certainly have a tremendous background and experience in the world of athletics, but in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. So let's take that final break here from athletic surveys who sponsor this segment. When we come back, we're going to see what Asha Franklin is going to put in her new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. Before we go, we want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support. Go to their website, which is vitalsignswalloffame.com, and check out their interactive touchscreen. That's right, touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to showcase your school record boards for all the teams, for all the sports, or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply share your school's most compelling stories and your proudest athletes. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Let them help you bring your school's legacy to life. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your student athletes or your parents, you're really missing out. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the group that wants to gripe about everything. Athletic surveys will connect you to that group, but they'll also connect you to the 98% of your parents and student athletes that support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or maybe your principal or maybe your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com to get started. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've just spent uh, just a great visit with uh, Asha Franklin. She's uh, the assistant basketball coach at Marymount University, but uh, tremendous background in athletics. She's a consultant. She's a speaker. She's a, a podcast host herself. But right now I'm going to task her with sending out a brand new athletic director. I'm only going to let her put three items in that toolbox. So Asha Franklin, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? 
All right. Number one is going, going to be to know your why and to be able to communicate it. I alluded to this earlier, but you could be the best leader with the best ideas, but if you cannot communicate your why, it is highly likely that you, one, might not end up in an environment in where you can execute <laughs> said why, but also you're going to have a really hard time getting people on board with anything that you're doing if they don't understand why you're doing it. Yes, you need to know the what's, but people are motivated and moved by the why. And you've got to be able to communicate that clearly and concisely. Number two would be to be clear on who you are serving and in what order. This is something that changes person to person. It is something that changes institution to institution. But who are you serving, right? Are you serving the institution primarily? Are you serving the athletes primarily? Are you serving the coaches primarily? Are you serving the families? These are all interest groups. The, the board of directors, the donors, right? There are a lot of people that you have to consider when you are an athletic director and you are at the top charged with running a department. So you need to understand every group you have to serve and who needs to be prioritized when, because sometimes decisions are gonna come down to uh, conflicting truths. And you've got to be able to know what to prioritize when. Lastly, I would say learn the rhythms first. And what I mean by that is understanding how the school works, how the coaches work, how the athletes work. And in order to do that, right, you've got to listen more than you speak when you first start. You have to be intentional about spending time in their worlds. So... If you can get in a classroom, get in a classroom. How many practices can you sit and attend? Every once in a while, go up to the cafeteria and sit at the coach's table at lunch and understand what they talk about and the things that keep them up at night, right? Ask more questions. It is so tempting when you are a new leader to go into an environment with a plan and a strategy, and I'm going to do all of these things. But you have to understand how the place you are works before you can do meaningful work in that place. So know your why and be able to communicate it. Be clear on who you're serving and in what order. And lastly, learn the rhythms. If you do those three things, I think you're giving yourself a huge head start as a new AD out in the world. Boy, uh, just, I, I love every single one of them. Uh, you know, the, the last one where you talked about coming in and listening, you know, finding out the culture so valuable and you're absolutely right it's almost counterintuitive to leaders you know they're wired to come in and you know lead and change yeah. and do all these things but no uh you know come in find out uh yeah and your why i love the way you articulated the why i'm a big what person but mm -hmm. you also um because so many why people that's all they do well this is my why <laughs> And then they don't do anything. But you talked about that process of, of taking that why and putting it into play. Great stuff. Uh, Asha, one more time. Um, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, 
and add you to their network. And listeners, you got a tremendous resource here. How do they get a hold of Asha Franklin? Yeah, well, first, I'm going to ask you to support and listen to our podcast every season together. That is a tremendous resource. I can tell you I have been moved and motivated by so many phenomenal women that we've had on the show. And it's everyone from professional coaches, collegiate coaches, high school coaches. We've had high school athletic directors. We've had professional athletes. It really is just women in sport. And so you will be encouraged and find at least one person, whether you're male, female, whoever to connect with, because just phenomenal knowledge and stories far beyond my time and experience on this earth that they have shared with us and we have been able to share with the world. So again, please support our podcast every season together. You can use that email address every season together at gmail.com if you want to reach out to me directly. And again, I'm no social media superstar, but if Instagram is your thing and it's easier for you to connect that way, uh, you can look me up authentically, Asha, A-S-H-A on Instagram, and then you can find me on LinkedIn as well, which is probably a really good way to reach out as well. So yeah, that's how you can find me. That's who I am. And I'm excited. I love if you want consulting work, let me know. I love working with teams and programs. I will tell you, I am a personality girl. So we kind of always start there understanding who's on your team and the makeup of your team. I'll tell this one story because I think it's so funny. I had a coach who for like a couple seasons, she was just like, my team is just not competitive. Like they don't have this like fire. And so finally we did, I like to use the colors personality test. So finally we did the test on our team and she was pretty equal in blue and green at the time, which is like your feelers and your thinkers, your non-competitive people. And when we tested her team, I kid you not, half of her team were blues and the other half were greens. And so I said, well, you recruited a whole team <laughs> just like you and none of them are competitive. Like that's your problem. You've got to intentionally go get some oranges to up the competitive level on your team. But uh, we do that work and kind of like you alluded to, I'm a big why person, right? I, I need to know why I'm doing something. I need to be motivated, but we take your why and we say, okay, but what are the what's of this why? Because why's don't matter without action. And I do agree with you. That's so important. You've got to be able to do both. And if you need help doing both, uh, reach out, let me know. And I look forward to speaking with you all. Okay, absolutely. Well, uh, Aisha Franklin, thanks so much for sharing today. Uh, listeners, make sure you uh, follow up and add Asha to your network and all the best with your team and your endeavors as we go into uh, 2024. I appreciate it so much. And thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute blast. I love what you are doing because the more resources we can have as professionals, the better. And there's never enough in my opinion. <laughs> Well, again, we're very much, uh, I, I think we're uh, very much alike. We're going to have to get you back on again down the road. 
Um, for our listeners, uh, we appreciate you. And uh, just a reminder, we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, we do this just about every day. So we encourage you to come back for the next episode of the Educational Lady Podcast. We'll see you next time.